surviving a relaunch. <laughs> Cinematic Tangent is back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael Van Olsen. And with us today, as always and forever, is the great Bradley Redder. Hey, that's me. Brad, I was thinking today, you and I met because, if you remember, Brad, I think this is the case. It was Dave Rochelle, right? Or was it McNaney? Do you remember? Uh, no, it was Dave Rochelle. Dave Rochelle, yeah. Well, one of our film teachers at Corning Community College. Shout out to Dave. I still love you. But you and I were both late to class all the time, and I would either get there or you would get there, and one of us would be too embarrassed to enter the dark room alone until the other late person showed up, and then we would chat in the hallway about movies and then go in together. <laughs> While our eyes adjusted, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, that was actually McNaney. Was it McNaney? I thought so. Yeah, I was kind of a double thought. Yeah, I did it was an 8 a.m. class at the observatory. So it was like on the the highest point of the hill. So it'd be super bright when we walked in and we would just like chat for five minutes while our eyes adjusted. Oh, that's right. To the that dimness. Room was pitch yeah. fucking dark. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, yeah. But then you and I were also in Dave Rochelle's film production class, right? The, the TV production class. The TV yes. production class, because we had that famous guy in there who was like burnt out. The roof is on fire. The personal journey we had as film students together, which is something I wanted to establish in the opening show that we kind of know we're talking about, about film a little bit, Brad. So, <laughs> yeah, we took a TV production class at the community college. <laughs> oh, don't even, don't even speak for yourself, bro. That we were late floor every day. <laughs> film was a huge part of my major at Virginia Tech, so don't even, don't even fucking start with me. So, I want I an award for our student film. Kid Julia, shout out to Kevin Hirschner, and Stevie Waltz, also known as AEW's Adam Page. Shout out to my good buddy over there. So, <laughs> my fellow hokey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're not a wrestling fan, Brad. You don't care. But he's a big deal. He's a big deal. Anyway. <laughs> I like Olympic back. wrestling. No, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> chair shot. By <laughs> God, popping, popping the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, the real wrestling. The one Donald Trump is the Hall of Famer for, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cinematic Tangent. Uh, Brad, you and I are going back into movies today. Um, we're talking Uncharted, uh, which is uh, a movie based on a film series. I'm sorry. Sorry. A movie based on a video game series that you and I are movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a future film series based on a video game series that you and I are big fans of. And this goes into the tangent part of it. Like, there'll probably be shows that you and I will do, and I also want to do some with other people, and Brad, maybe you as well. But I want to have, like, a couple shows in video games with some people I know who are really knowledgeable of the topic. Brad, you and I have a multi-decade-long argument about video games being art, where I now agree with yes, you. Yes, we do. Like, yeah, but I'd like to play devil's advocate and do a show on that. But one thing that okay. always comes up in all these conversations I have with games for people is Uncharted. Uh, without question, one of my favorite video game series of all time. The game is super entertaining as fuck. Uh, and the movie, Brad, uh, well, I think you and I have the same opinion about it. What did you think of it? Um... I thought it was a great popcorn movie. Yeah, that's yes. I like. I, I yeah. I I I don't know what else to say about it. Oh, I do. Well, show's but, over, uh, Brad. <laughs> this yeah. is not the cinematic tangent. I'm a jackass. <laughs> um, no, I. It, it's a dumb movie, but I had a really good time watching it. It was a really good reason to buy some popcorn and sit in a the theater for two hours. Yes, I can't say about a lot of other movies in the last couple of years. I feel like a lot of the blockbuster movies that I've seen are just pure shit. Um, where's this one? I mean, it's kind of shit, I guess, but uh, it was really fun. It really was. I had a good time. 
So um, the last movie I saw in the theaters before this, because as we all know, if you listen to the intro show, I started hating film. But now I've like come, come back around and been, been enjoying a lot more movies again. Um, but one of the reasons that I started hating film is because like theater etiquette was out of control shitty. Um, and I hated going to the movies anymore. And I went to see the um, – which was an excellent film. But what was that animated Spider-Man? Uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Fucking terrific movie. You haven't seen it? Go Phenomenal. out and see it. And talk about a movie again. We're like, go back to the intro show a little bit. Talking about representation in the film, Black Spider-Man, Black Spider-Man family feels extremely genuine. Um, I fucking love that movie. As an animated film, I think it's amazing. Uh, but that was the last it, movie I saw in the theater. outrageously so. good. Yeah, it's, agreed. It's, I literally watched it a few weeks ago. It blew my mind how good it still was. But that was the last movie I saw in theater until Uncharted um, because the theater etiquette that day was so bad. It had been like a series of issues with theater etiquette. And then there was the pandemic, and I just didn't go anywhere. So Uncharted, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm going to go back to the theaters. But I'm going to do something easy. We're like, I'm going to be prepared for the bad theater etiquette. I need to tell you, the terrible theater etiquette added to the fun of Uncharted because it's such a stupid movie. Like, it's just constant dumb laughs uh, and real entertainment. But it brought me back into this idea that movies are two things. They're art, and they move me in ways to make me think. And they're really stupid, and I can have a good time for an hour and a half. And that's what this was, mm-hmm. an hour and 50 minutes or whatever. It's mercifully short compared to today's films. How great was that, <laughs> it was so great. But I will say this. One thing I did not quite expect is it follows the plot of the video games, for those of us that enjoy it, um, licked to a T, which was kind of surprising. There's a lot of elements come directly from the game, which I think are actually one of its weaknesses. I think its real strengths are when it realizes it's a movie, it doesn't have to constantly make nods to the game. It doesn't constantly have to replicate the game. It's honestly one of the best, like, just pure fun movies that Hollywood has produced in a long time. So I, 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 I really, really, really liked it a lot. Um, I want to be clear. I don't think it's like a four-star film. I'm kind of giving up on ratings, uh, as it were. But from the opening moments um, with Sam and his brother at this orphanage to, like, the closing moments of, like, them completing their adventure, which you knew was going to happen, I, I thought it was a perfect, uh, just completely enjoyable three-act storytelling. I actually think the script is a lot tighter um, than a lot of the Marvel movies are, which are really, really sequel-obsessed. This felt like a complete adventure. I felt really satisfied watching this. And I loved it, Brad. I don't know what to say. I, like, I think the critics are way out of, uh, out of line with this one. It's got really bad reviews. It's quite maligned. I'm Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. I, th- I think everyone's full, full of shit. So. Yeah, I kind of don't know what they're looking for because going into this, you know, knowing what it is, it's... I think it, it achieves everything it sets out to do, and I think it looks pretty good. I think it's well acted. I, everyone is charismatic in it, and it was a lot of fun. It really was. Like, yeah. I mean, as long as you're not going in there expecting like high art and uh, like to some degree. Well, of course like, not. It's a fucking you know, video game movie. It's an Indiana Jones knockoff to some degree. It's got a lot of contemporary pop culture kind of references. It's pure escapism. It's I'm not taking it too seriously. I'm not looking for a real great performance from anyone, and I didn't get it, and it was a good time. So no, I do know what you mean about the. This is always the one of the like weird video game movies. Uh, is sort of the problem with them, I guess, is that they always feel like they have to, in, you know, involve or include like these weird game elements and adapt yeah. them to the screen, you know. And so, like Uncharted, oh, you know, has all of these, you know, sort of platforming elements where 
Nathan Drake has to like climb on cliffs and on, you know, uh, the He can somehow leap himself yeah. up just from his fingers to the next ledge. He's fucking amazing in the game. It's impossible. Yeah, he's, you know, <laughs> dangling from from a ledge and all, you know, like <laughs> the wreckage of an airplane and it's falling down, but somehow he can he can like jump up and just like lift himself up with just his hands. Well, I, I actually um, I said that that's how the movie but like I said it was the orphanage, but actually the movie opened with that scene which is right from the game where you're jumping he's mm-hmm. jumping from crate to crate in an airplane that's that removed its cargo and he's on the cargo jumping back into the plane it's insane it's it's really stupid it works in a video game and honestly i thought that was some of the weakest stuff in the movie but i still enjoyed it but i can't tell if it's member berries uh which is something to go back to a lot where i just am feeling the nostalgia of the game or if it was really genuinely well filmed i don't know so um i i think it was more member berries uh yeah I, it, it was it was not great, um, but I don't think it was I don't think it was bad enough that it bothered me. Like it, it, you know, it was something that as somebody who played the game and like I understood what they were doing, like I thought it was mildly interesting that they tried it, but it did not work and it did not look good. It was it was some of the worst sort of special effects, the worst stunts of the movie. Um, you know, in a movie that actually had some some pretty good stunts and you know and special effects. Yeah. Um, dangling out the cargo bay of the airplane and and leaping from crate to crate uh, was definitely the worst uh, of those stunts and special effects. One hundred percent. The action in general, I want to I want to be clear, is really kind of good. Um, we just talked about the Batman privately, which we're now doing in the show. But like, I thought the fist fights in the movie were embarrassing. And in general, I'm kind of over fist fights in movies where it's really hard to make them innovative, interesting to me. Uncharted did a great job with that because the characters almost feel like they have no stakes in a lot of respects. I know Nathan's going to be able to escape whatever issue they're in. Um, I know him and Sully are going to be able to solve these problems. So, like, it, you know, like, it sort of results in, like, an over-the-top kind of action that I think in a lot of other movies I would not like so much. And I think that, Brad, you're always very, very famous when you and I have conversations um, and also in the show where you think a character has to be vulnerable in order for action to be interesting. Like, in order for action yes. to be compelling. Uncharted kind of bucks that in a way that I think somehow is acceptable. That scene where, like, they're fighting in the museum and Nate jumps on the chandelier. And, like, chandeliers are amazing movie props. And, like, the glass goes everywhere and like you know there's a lot of chaos on the floor and Sully's trying to steal this cross and you know and like they're trying to get out of their alive before like this mobster notices them and shit all that was awesome yeah I actually thought that was really good um you know because that was <clears throat> a scene where he was supposed to be like misdirecting and he was supposed to cut the power and he had to improvise and improvise you know a video cause a distraction potion, which was a large fat guy did you like that too it was like tiny nate's got to fight a large man now you're like this yeah. is very oh, yeah. video game <laughs> he's a brute <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. oh no i'm going to have to use the super attacks for this one roll dodge <laughs> But it worked. It really did. It was fun. Yeah, um, it did. It, like, it played upon the expectations I had for the video game, which were kind of his weakness, but it, it choreographed them in a way that was entertaining enough for the movie. I love how Mark Wahlberg in this is just sort of Mark Wahlberg in the sense that he's adding commentary to the film. I don't want to say he phoned it in, but he was like, I'm just going to go out there and have a really good time. I was probably supposed to be Nate, but I'm getting too old. <laughs> Real quick. Uh yeah. I'm I'm curious. Do you think he's too old? Because like the movie definitely made a choice. Tom Holland is, well, I don't got to be twenty years younger than. I was going to say Tom. Mark I Wahlberg. thought Tom Holland was fifteen. I thought he was on Epstein's island. I really did. <laughs> <He> was... <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, um, bad joke. But no, he's very young. Like Tom Holland looks very young and looks very youthful, way younger than he even is. I don't think he's mm-hmm. too old, but I think that I think that if Nate is supposed to be as young as Tom Holland is, which Tom Holland looks about the age as Orphan Nate is supposed to be at the beginning of the film. Um, yeah, and I think in that case, then yeah, obviously the senior statesman in this film is Mark Wahlberg and Salt. Well, yeah, yeah, so. but do you think if 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 Mark Wahlberg had played Nate, you know, so Mark Wahlberg has got to be what forty five, fifty maybe? I think that you'd have to change some of the action. I think one of the reasons they went with the younger actor is because Nate in the video games in the fourth one is supposed to be I don't know late thirties. He's supposed to be older than me. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. And like you know, because he's got. By the end of the game, what if he's got a fucking 12-year-old daughter or something? I mean, you know what I mean? It's still, mm-hmm. And he's still, like, jumping around doing all this insane platforming in the game. It seems literally physically impossible. And I think the suspension of disbelief for a game is different than a movie. So I think for a movie, oh, since they wanted to add that action, you needed a much younger actor. So that was for yeah. me. Well, and so I, I guess the reason I mentioned it is because, you know, your, your point about how I always mention that, Action requires vulnerability in the characters. Which I've I come I to think, agree with you. I used to be like, no, Brad, yeah. you're wrong. You're wrong, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think having Tom Holland, like I, I think if, if it were Mark Wahlberg, he seems more capable or more seasoned or older. I don't know. But like having Tom Holland, who is like sort of more boyish looking, like I, I think you inherently get that sort of vulnerability. And so I think a lot of that action actually does work because of oh, that. Oh, that's a really good point. I had not even like I had not even considered that until now. That's a really really good thought. And I think that's one of the reasons why and that's one of the last Marvel films I saw was the original Spider-Man he was in. It's one of the reasons that I thought he worked so well as Spider-Man. He brought back sort of that teenage high school feeling where this person's struggling with being mm-hmm. a teenager and an adult individual, let alone Spider-Man. That kind of brought that back into this. And it works. At, dude, man, I just thought about Dude, you're spot fucking on with that analysis because it really really works for this movie too where he's struggling with this is he supposed to trust Sully, who he also views as like a father figure who's somewhat guiding him? Man, that's really, well, yeah, really because, good. Because yeah. there's also the the aspect of it where uh, Sully had – the reason that he found Nate, the Tom Holland character, uh, is because of Nate's brother who who was helping him find this treasure and who you know ended up dying or – getting lost or something dun, 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 not, not, not exactly clear <laughs> sequel tease um uh but yeah yeah so like he he's definitely the the sort of younger counterpart to sully's previous partner and that is very clear uh throughout the film and i don't know like i i thought a lot of the action was was exciting and fun and just adventure movie. like i i feel like Movies like this haven't been made in a while. Like, I mean, really there, there was an Indiana Jones movie, Jesus Christ, 15 years ago now. Are you talking about the one where they had the aliens and the crystal skull? Yeah. <laughs> that was old, man. That's a classic now. <laughs> but, th- but that's also why I ask about, uh, you know, about Mark Wahlberg and his age, because, you know, we we all watched that movie and Harrison Ford was what? 65 when he made it yeah but he had a, he asked for a real whip he could still do one back then that was before he broke his legs in the millennium falcon now now he couldn't do it right could you watch <laughs> i'm not like i love harrison Ford. i think he's a, an incredible actor but it couldn't be done now i feel like yeah i guess you're right like mark, mark Wahlberg's still younger than he was in that film 
I think I Mark know. Wahlberg could have pulled it off. I but it, it feels more like a um like a sequel liability where like, you know, if they make 3 of these and the third one comes out 6 years from now, are we believing him running around jumping on airplanes? Oh, thank thank God, because I'd much rather him be Uncle Sully and hug Nate's kids. Just <laughs> just like the game ends cuz the movie's going to go the same route as the games, obviously. Brad, the other movie in the agenda today is uh, Jackass Forever, which is also a little bit of member berries, Brad. You and I grew up during the Jackass phenomenon. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you and I both watched Jackass 2 in prep for this conversation, and um, which I think is important to do. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot, there's, this is a highly nostalgic film, um, and uh, I did not know what to expect going into it. And uh, my opinion of it is probably going to be, like, quite a bit different than yours, I think, from the way that we sort of prepped this up. But I just want to say that I laughed out loud during the film in the theater, in tears within the first 10 minutes, laughed several times during it, and left it feeling really, really fulfilled and enjoyed the movie. Um, but that said, I have a complicated opinion about it. Brad, I'll just, like, let's just start with your overall thoughts on Jackass Forever. Uh, I mean, I thought it was great, and I... There was almost no way I wasn't going to enjoy it because I feel like it's kind of just more of the same. Uh, it, granted, they're much older now, but like I, I just kind of feel like this is, yeah, it's just uh, a group of guys that I, I don't know, I, I, I definitely wouldn't say I idolize them, but who I have I, come I to them. appreciate and yeah. uh, like, you know, I think the the thing about jackass is that it just kind of feels like a hangout and so they kind of feel like friends in a way and so it's just kind of like watching idiot friends do stupid shit and laughing at it so that's i think that that's sort of the that's the beauty of jackass in a nutshell and i think that jackass too that's absolutely the case um, and we're like, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. For Jackass Forever, I feel like it sort of plays on that idea a little bit. But I do think that this is a fundamentally different film. Yes, it's still people doing ridiculous shit. Yes, it's still Johnny Knoxville and, you know, um, and Preston and, uh, um, yeah. you know, like, all, all these guys we love. Wee uh, there Man, is Chris Pontius. Wee Man. There, yeah, Chris Pontius. There is there is a scene with Bam Margera in there, but he's not really credited in the movie. Because uh, it's there? real life. Yeah, there is. The, the scene when they, they're on the treadmill when they're doing the band. This is such a stupid scene to describe to you if you didn't see the movie. But they're they're doing band instruments, and then they all walk on a treadmill, and the treadmill shoves them into the wall of a garage. Bam Margera mm-hmm. is one of the guys in that group. So oh, really? He, he is in the I thought film. They had, I thought they had so. deliberately not put him in the film because he was no, like a... Uh... I was shocked when I watched it, but he's in that scene. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so he's in that whole skit. but I, So I think he was probably in other stuff, too, but they cut him out because of real-life issues. And that, to me, is sort of one of the issues that, I, like, with this movie isn't necessarily because of Bam's real-life problems with addiction and alcohol, whatever it is. Like, our, my, my sympathy to him, my love to him for that. But um, to, to some degree, this felt a little bit like a corporate product to me compared to the other jackasses for several reasons, not just because of that. But his, his absence was certainly played into that for me a little bit. So I I had read <clears throat> like almost a year ago now I had read there was like an Esquire article with Johnny Knoxville where they asked him about 
Bam being in it, and he had said that they wanted him to get cleaned up before they, you know, allowed him to be in it, and yeah. he didn't. I, I don't know. My, my impression was that it was more out of them trying to look out for him or just maybe not wanting his behavior on the set. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to get too much of the politics of it either because yeah, I don't like know I don't I don't really I know. Is. So I, I just know from like Steve O was on Rogan and I, I watch it and like you know I I listen to Steve O's podcast from time and like he's been sober for a very long time and obviously was like if you go back to Jackass you like Steve O's fucking psychopath dude and, and I mean that playfully not like the literal literal medical term but like mm-hmm. he was insane when he was on drugs and shit and he's still insane in this movie but he looks. He looks and sounds so good. Like, seeing him on Rogan wearing glasses and, like, talking about how he's, you know, eating vegetables and shit, it was wild to me. Um, uh, I think that dude, part of the reason it's they nuts. kept it so – it's nuts. Because yeah, he it's actually – he looks fantastic yeah, he looks, in the he movie. He looks younger than he does in Jackass 2. It's fucking it, wild. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, like – because he – yeah, he looks like he's fashionable and uh, – it was it was kind of jarring to see yeah, him like because really he like styles his hair and everything he like has like a salt and pepper thing going on it's like holy fuck yeah like I mean, he, he kind of aged like, well for a guy who lived a hard fucking life yeah dude he really did and like you know i really recommend checking out his podcast i recommend checking out the show with rogan where he talks about a lot of his addiction and stuff and like he had a hard-ass road to get here but he looks phenomenal and he was still really really fun in the movie and if he doesn't want to be around booze all the time and stuff like god bless him i guess that's that's his decision so mm-hmm. um yeah but to some degree, uh, that hangout aspect of it feels somewhat diminished by this because, like, that is a sign of aging when someone doesn't drink anymore. But also, if you have a movie studio that's backing the movie that's guaranteeing sobriety on set and, like, they're drug testing one of the participants or alcohol testing or whatever, like, that just seems much less like the jackass of old where I feel like jackass comes out of this idea that it came out of the early internet era where f- people filmed themselves doing dumb shit. And Jackass just kind of made a franchise out of that. And so part of me was somewhat sad to see how the series matured. And this was not the only example of it. I'm not saying that sobriety ruined the movie or anything like that. But, like, attached to the fact that all the characters seem older, including the fact that Johnny Knoxville can't form a sentence, honestly, a lot of it was a little bit kind of um, uh, bittersweet for me, to be honest with you. I don't know if you felt any kind of sadness watching this, but I definitely did. So... It was, and you know, you would you would ask that I watch Jackass two uh, before recording, and, and now I know why. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because they it it is night and day. I mean, they look like they look like teenagers in Jackass two, and they look like seventy year olds in Jackass Forever. Yeah. It's and it isn't just crazy. the sobriety and stuff either. You know what I mean? Like, no. there's some serious physical damage that Johnny Knoxville's taken. He's witty and really oh, yeah. funny and sharp in Jackass 2. And in Jackass 4, he is. He looks like he's, like, in his final fucking days sometimes. He really does. So, I, just... uh, I still I still think he... I still think he's the same Johnny Knoxville of old. Like, I, I don't well, know. Since like, he's I, fearless I, and insane, sure, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, I mean, I think that's... I, I I don't know. Like I I will say that like the the sort of cheerleading that they do is a little bit different in Jackass Forever, where it, it's I don't know. There there was always like an element of my my favorite part of Jackass uh, has always been like 
just the way that they would do a stunt or a prank and then it would just be followed by 30 seconds of like all of their friends just pointing and laughing at them <laughs> yeah um, one of my favorite like, scenes in Jackass 2 is after they throw the snake and they, they trap Bam Margera in the trailer with the snake. And the mm-hmm. next shot is him just having a beer on his trailer, obviously supposed to be in the movie yeah. set. And they're still pranking his ass, even when the film yeah. was not supposed to be happening. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Jackass 2 definitely has way more of that where, you know, again, to, to sort of compound or, you know, build on the sort of hangout aspect of it where it feels like much more of sort of like a behind the scenes kind of thing it does we're like yeah stuff like that because then they also like throw the fake snake up at him and then he falls off the trailer and runs away and like there, there's much more sort of like behind the scenes sort of pranking going on where it's literally just them like dicking around you know, like, there's also the the thing where uh, they have in the hotel room that like sign that supposedly a fan had made, where it's like, <laughs> it opens them, "Hey, dear that. jackass guys." <laughs> yeah, and it's like the the text gets like smaller and smaller, so they have to like look at it, and then just a boxing glove comes out and punches them in the face. Like again, like the thing that's so great about it is just the fact that they all think it's hilarious. Even the guys that get punched in the face. Even the Wee Man, they're like they make him stand on a chair. They're like clearly shaming him for being a midget. He just whack! He takes that like a champ. He doesn't care. He's part of the crew. I love it. <laughs> it's also that too where like one of my favorite scenes, in, and we're going to talk about Jackass 2 a lot in comparison to this is they're setting up one of my favorite stunts of all of Jackass history where it's Preston, right? It's the fat guy, Preston. Yeah, Preston. Yeah. Preston. And Preston they're tying Lizzie. Wee Man. Yeah, they're they're tying Wee Man to him to bungee jump off this bridge. And but before it happens, uh, Bam Margera is like, "Ah, oh, this is how I had this idea." And he just shows like a drawing that he sent into MTV, <laughs> where it's like, oh, "I drew a fat guy and I drew Wee Man on him attached to this cord." It's really funny and like it's yeah, it's a behind the scenes look, but it's also like that is what Jackass was. And I think to a lot of degree, we're removed from that in Jackass Forever. It feels much more tame in that regard. It feels, um, and like a real good example of this, and I, I know I'm going to get lampooned for this. Uh, I don't have a Twitter, so email the show at thecinematangent at gmail.com. One of the, I, I, I did not like the woman character in Jackass Forever to some degrees. First off, mm-hmm. she's a badass. She gets, she gets her lips snapped by the scorpion. She licks a taser. She's cool as fuck. Whoever that girl is, she's rad as hell, and she's beautiful. But... One thing I did not really like about it is there's that scene where the scorpion's crawling on her, and then Pontius is like, she's like, get it off me, and Pontius is like, I need your consent before I can touch this, because he's like, seriously fucking afraid he's going to get, like, me too or some shit. And she's like, oh. uh, yes, I consent, and that kind of made it extra funny, but to me, it's like, Johnny Knoxville's walking up earlier and grabbing their dicks and shit. These guys are all so comfortable with each other, they pranked each other in Jackass 2 horrifically, touching each other's penises, shoving, I mean, literally shoving things up people's assholes, and in this one, you can't touch a girl's boob while she's fully clothed. I'm like, come on. Like, is she really part of the crew at this point? I did not like that at all. Th- I thumbs uh, down to that. So I, I had the 100% opposite reaction ahead, of that. Please. Yeah, please. Where I, I thought he said, like, I, I thought that was, like, one of the best lines of the movie because I, I think she is absolutely a full member of the crew. And that's him making her suffer a little bit more. That is not the way I saw it at all. Because she gets annoyed I, I saw with that the comment. Is... She's like, uh, yes, I consent. I consent. Yeah, I don't because think she has a scorpion 
biting her lip and he's saying like oh no or biting her boob or whatever and he's like oh no i i, I need consent before i can take this off i and don't it's, think so it's... see this is the thing is i want to watch it again because if you're if that's the tone for it then i apologize and i'm 100 percent wrong and i will recant this in the cinematic tangent because i want to see the movie again but that's not how i took that scene i took oh that scene that's absolutely as... how i took it i i took her as like a full-fledged member yeah. of the crew and that was that was him i mean you know granted like it was it was speaking to today or whatever but like yeah, like I, I thought that was him just sort of like making her suffer a little bit more and like watching, you know, watching Jackass 2, like that's kind of what they do. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like they just kind of drag out the, the the sort of the stunt or the prank a little bit more and make each other suffer. And but like, again, like there's like I mean, a if that's the case that I, I have to apologize because I did not take it that way. But I only saw the one time in the theater like. And again, I want to be clear, she was super rad, but that scene, I was like, come on. Like, the new black dude in this movie is 100% part of the crew. Poopsie is definitely part of this crew, but I felt like they were playing a little safe with that. And I did not like that at all, because, like, these are supposed to be people who are so comfortable with each other, they'll shame and abuse each other's rights. That's what made uh, Jackass so cool. But so, I thought that, I again, I thought that's exactly what they were doing, is they were making, know. like... They were making yeah. her suffer the scorpion for another five seconds before she does that for this arbitrary, you know, because like none of the rest of the movie is like that. They don't they oh, don't God honor any it. kind of any kind of like uh, political correctness in the rest of it. And like that's kind of what I enjoyed about it was that it was so unapologetic. And so like I don't think that in this one aspect they would do that. I actually for... don't I don't agree with you because I'm definitely remembering the scene totally differently but the tone see this is so weird about human communication and one thing you're all losing on twitter when you're gonna get mad about the, we're important brad they're gonna talk about us but my point is is that no, i just are. i'm i'm taking they're not but i'm taking the tone of this scene differently and it fundamentally changes what happened there because of what you're describing is correct that i'm so wrong and this film is much more hardcore than i imagined but taking this into consideration along with their overall sobriety the fact that Johnny Knoxville clearly is brain damaged and basically does one big stunt in the movie, which is admittedly pretty brutal. Like the film felt like it was, it, it comes from another era. And this is definitely an MTV, you know, universal paramount kind of era, whatever paramount, I guess not, not, MTV, not universal paramount yeah, kind yeah. of era, Viacom kind of era of control of this series where it felt like a much more tame production to me in a lot of different ways. And I thought this scene, I thought this scene in particular was like an example of that. That's how I felt about it. I'm not like saying that she is a cool fuck because she is. Sorry. No, no, I don't, I don't think that's what you're saying at all. I think you're, I think your reading of that is different than mine, which I, I, I think, I, I think they were, I, I think, I think that was a joke that Pontius was making. And I don't it, think it, it was. was. Literally... I mean, he went to grab it. And then I think he felt like, holy shit, I'm on camera. I'm at a big no. production. I don't know. No, because like again, if you look at like the the whole series is full of that, where they like they they just keep extending the joke or extending the prank or yeah, whatever it is. It's 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 all in service of like making each other suffer a little bit more for like this extra ten seconds of footage of pain or humiliation or whatever. But like, there's you know, there's like a a collective agreement that. There's like a camaraderie there, and like I, 100%. I yeah, that's I, I think, yeah, but like I, I think, uh, I think she was definitely a full fledged member of the crew, and that was just his way of making her 
like endure this thing for like another five or ten seconds. Oh, God, I hope you're right because one of the reasons, one of the reasons why I don't care if you changed up the race of these people, like you know, like it, but like because they're all a bunch of white dudes in the original show. But like mm-hmm. adding a woman to the mix for me, and uh, again, I'm not trying to come off as sexist here. I think part of male bonding and male camaraderie, especially when Jackass was around, was you were more cruel to your friends. Like, mm-hmm. I was horrible to my friends. We harassed each other. We picked on each other. We played pranks on each other. My brother and I were, like, quite literally violent to each other. But as part of, like, the bonding we all sort of share in the way that your sort of shared misery and your ability to dish it out and also take it is really important. But I mm-hmm. felt like – I feel like that's sort of an exclusively male thing. And the girl – whose name I don't remember, I'm, I'm sorry, she's not in enough scenes to establish that for me. So even if that's the case in that scene, the only other thing I remember her doing is licking the taser. And other than that, I didn't know who she was. It was like, is she one of their girlfriends or something? Like, she wasn't really in the movie that much. And I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not being an idiot here. Like, I'm really serious. Like, she wasn't in the movie that much. No, I will agree really with that. really get a sense of her repertoire, like, how she related to them. So I don't know if I think that that scene is what it is. Um... It's really hard to say that she's part of the crew when she feels like there's a little bit of torch passing element to this movie for like the new characters, uh, for Poopsie and uh, you know like all the you know her and everyone else that's still in here and like maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is and those people do somewhat take a back seat um, because like it feels like there is going to be like a Jackass Five of the new generation but I don't oh, think yeah. that her and Chris Pontius had that kind of bonding whereas like him and Knox will have, you know? I just didn't feel that way about it. I really well, didn't. Well, I mean, I mean, probably not, because him and Knoxville have 20 years together, but, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, again, like, uh, I, I took it as a joke, as him just sort of making her just endure it for another couple seconds. I, I need to rewatch it, um, because, like, I want you to be correct, and I'm totally willing to be wrong on that. But that's not because I, 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 I just yeah. didn't see any like I, I didn't know about the the sober set and I just took it back to Jackass too. They're drinking all the time. And in this one, there no one has a beer in their hand ever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like they're literally putting beer up Steve-O's ass in one of the seats of Jackass too. So, by the way, that scene made me laugh so hard. Oh that was such a God, that was one of the most brutal. ridiculous things I've ever seen. Fucking We're like they're just insane. they're just shouting <laughs> chug 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 and god damn pouring like, beer up a man's ass and then plunge it out and he didn't even look like he was prepared for it like he was shocked by the blood <laughs> god damn that's what i mean it's like this brutal violation of his rights and you can't do that to a woman like on this on this you can't you can't do that to a woman like and i'm, I'm not saying you know it's i'm not saying that she can't consent to that and can't have fun with the rest of them but i just didn't feel like it an, is like, true the the optics you know? would be totally different if yeah, that was what I'm saying. Uh, you know eight men standing around a woman going chug 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 while she has Indeed. a tube up her ass with a miller light pouring into it they literally like flick each other's dicks and grab each other's dicks jackass 2 is just so much more fucking brutal than, ja- than the new one it really is it's brutal in a whole different way where when it ends or whatever and like they have the camera on bam margera and he's trash drunk and he's trying to go to his trailer and they dug a hole in front of him and he falls in and he laughs and he has that moment where he's like kind of sad and he's like I just want this movie to be over with. And I was like, I feel the same way as he did because my empathy for all these people is sort of kicking in where they've gone through hell and have enjoyed it with them. 
but you know, like at some point in time, it's got to be over so they can all have that moment where they can express their genuine love for each other. Jackass Four didn't need that because it was tame enough, and there was enough diversity to the cast where we never had that point with them. You have little moments for all of them where, like, you know, it's a pretty brutal scene, like Steve-O having the bees on his dick. Holy shit, Jackass Four! That was <laughs> oh my god, fucking insane! Like, you know, or, or Johnny getting hit by the bull you know, and getting that bad concussion. That yeah. scene made me like tense up. I didn't even know. I didn't even know if I wanted to finish the movie after that. Because like I'm already like I you know like as someone that's I used to cover boxing a little bit and stuff when I was younger and I've been around a lot of fighters, trained at boxing gyms and you can tell when someone has CTE, that dude had CTE way f- before that scene that movie that that guy has brain damage and he's not yeah. communicating correctly he really is not and that, yeah that so was hard to watch it really was that that was kind of that was like the the you know I I mentioned earlier I started to mention that like the the way that they cheerlead each other is a little bit different in. And Jackass Forever, where like it's so much more like I, I I don't know, like they always clapped and everything, and and laughed and and you know like supported each other in in the earlier ones, but like in this one, like the bull stunt, like that was hard to watch. Yeah, it, it was. was like the way that know. the way that they all like they were just like yeah he's our captain man like it, it was just like i don't know like watching jackass 2 put it into perspective a little bit but like i i also think like it's a development of their relationship like i actually thought it was kind of sweet that they were like so loving and and i don't know it is, and there's an evolution it's, there that was really weird... kind of respectable where he's unconscious, they're really worried about him, they do that kind of slow golf clap when he gets up, and then they're like, you know, you got what you wanted, man, like, you got the stunt, it looks really cool on camera, which it did, <laughs> you know, and, um, but I thought that was kind of sad, whereas in Jackass 2 or whatever, the bull stunt goes way too far in that movie to the point where Steve-O is having a freak out, and he's like, this has got to stop, this has got to stop, and Johnny's still laughing, and he's getting speared by the bull, and it broke his ribs, I guess, in the scene, and he's still cackling, and then, like, Johnny, too, like, when they had the anaconda and Jackass 2, and the anaconda's ripping up his fucking arms. He's bleeding mm-hmm. all over the place. And he's just still letting it bite him. Like, there's just a brutality to Jackass 2 that is not in forever. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that that's a progression of this series. And I feel really, con- I really feel, like, kind of final with these guys. And I really, really loved it as a fan. I got like, I gotta be clear. I love Jackass. I have a very emotional attachment to these like I grew up with these guys and they mm-hmm. and together we all grew up with the internet but in the same way the internet the anarchy days of old of the fucking internet that you and I survived through and now the tame ass fucking corporate days of the internet jackass represents that to me it feels like it mirrors the progression of what happened to the internet and like it, it, it's like I don't know how to view jackass 4 as in any way a similar kind of film to the others so like when you call it a rehash or something I, I just dis- fundamentally disagree with that I think that it's it's a full evolution that's like dramatically different than its predecessors um, in, in a lot of ways and um I think that's okay to some degree, but we have to realize that the era of Jackass can never be done again. It's too much of a liability in the era of corporate media, and they'll never make Jackass 2 ever again. They'll never make it. It'll never happen again. I don't know how to, like, break that. So, and, like, this movie made me feel that way, and it was kind of bittersweet. I feel like an era of entertainment that we all had that was, like, this genuine camaraderie and brutality of people torturing each other is gone. We can just tweet about them and say it wasn't consent and ruin lives, and that's what would have happened. So, I guess I, I – yeah, I mean, I, I sort of see what – like, now that you're, you're putting, like, a narrative to it, like, I sort of see it where 
I, I think the the sort of gags in the movie in in Jackass Forever are are much more just like silly stunts rather yeah. than like the sort of because there's a lot of sort of like humiliation in uh in jackass too <laughs> like with wee man and the the seat that shocks him i love that scene that's brilliant yeah but again <laughs> so like that that actually supports the you know the 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 scorpion scene in uh in forever <clears throat> where like they just kind of keep doing it and it's like you know, they they shock him, and then they shock him again, and they're like, "Oh no, just just hop up there again," and then they shock him again, and it's like, it's it's anything just to keep the bit going a little bit longer. Like I, I think that's that's sort of the ethos of Jackass, and so again, Pontius saying like, "Oh no, I I can't I can't take that off your boob because like I I, I can't like I just I I don't think that's I don't think that's a a fear. I think that's, I think that's absolutely initiating her into the crew. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I need to watch it again. And I'll be willing to talk. I'll be willing to recant this on the show. Obviously I do it to you personally away before we record it. I don't know. I need to watch the scene again, but that's not how I took it. But I agree with you. There is a humiliation aspect to Jackass too. That scene with Wee Man mm-hmm. where they're shocking me on the stool they keep it going so long, but then Wee Man keeps the guy going where the jig is up and they're waiting for him to get what the prank was. And he's yeah. saying, he has that line where he's like, where's the card throwing machine? And I laughed it's so great. hard at his expense. I like was crying in my apartment laughing. Dude, I got ripped stone to watch this fucking movie. Ripped stone to watch Jackass 2. And I was laughing so hard that like, I thought I was going like, to hyperventilate. I was coughing because I have asthma and shit. And there was nothing in this movie that was quite that funny because that like complete humiliation of this guy – um, was really funny, but then also at the end of it when he's like, fuck, and he feels stupid, and then I felt bad for him for feeling stupid, and then I was like, no, I love you, Wee Man, we all love no. you. Jack- it was like a cathartic kind of experience in Jackass or whatever, where like you feel like these people have a sense of camaraderie. I did not get that in the Scorpion scene. That was just a scorpion stinging her, and I felt like he just was too afraid to touch it because she was a girl and she has boobs. Oh, that, no, I, mean, like, I, 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 I don't I know felt... how to feel a different way about it. So, like, I mean, like, it's one of those things where I feel like that sort of sums up how I feel about the movie in a lot of ways. It feels very corporate and very tame. So, uh, no, I th- I think those two scenes are basically the same. I would love, where... I would love, I would love to review them again with you, and love to talk with this again because, like, I you might be right, but like calling those two th- scenes the same, especially like how long that stool scene is compared to how short the scorpion scene is, like, I just I can't agree with that. That's that's I do- I fundamentally fundamentally disagree. But uh, no, I I think the I think the basis for like what we're what we're entertained by in each of those scenes is the exact same. I think and a better I... analogy is the two Wee Man scenes in these movies. The better analogy is the Wee Man scene with the stool shock, which you and I both agree. The, the, the precipice of what we're talking about. But the Wee Man scene in Jackass Forever where the falcon is eating the raw meat off his dick. Uh, or the, what, not a falcon, what is it? I'm sorry, uh, vulture. And then mm-hmm. he looks to Jeff and he's like, Jeff, do you have a fucking enough footage? And Jeff, Jeff's like, no, let it go for another second. That, to mm-hmm. me, is the similar scene to the stool scene, not the scorpion stuff. I think that that's like that. That harkens well, I back mean, to sure, old but right? but I think so. I think they're I think they're essentially the same. It's it's them just trying to drag out the prank. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way about it. I like, and, I, and I, I I think that's I think that's joking with them, like. Because then there's in Jackass Forever, there's this you know the 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 scene or the stunt or whatever where Aaron McGahey, uh 
they have him like sit to take a polygraph test and then Knoxville just <laughs> pours a bunch of honey on him, puts salmon in his lap and they release a bear. And it's like <laughs> so yeah, it's like you <laughs> that know, literally like and, maybe be like, is this happening? This is one of the dumbest stunts ever, Jackass. That it's ridiculous, like but the, like, my favorite yeah. part about <laughs> it, and again, it's it's my favorite part of Jackass is there's that window right next to him, and so all of this is happening. He's shaking like crazy. He's nervous and terrified. And all of his friends are in the room six inches away from him, laughing hysterically at him. It's like I just still think those moments were few and far between compared to the others. And like watching the show and stuff too, I just feel like that wasn't enough of that. But yeah, I agree. That scene was great. So I didn't mean to yeah. you. I'm sorry. But I love that scene too. I also really uh, I enjoyed all of the cup smashing sequences. That was very classic jackass cup check. Because they had mm-hmm. a lot in the old show, they had those really stupid stunts that didn't make any sense. You don't need Francis and Gandhi to punch a guy in the balls, but it's funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to. Other than the fact that I, I, it made me feel sad because I felt like we, it was sort of, it was not only passing the torch to a new crew, it's, it's removing an era of entertainment that we'll never get back, which is sort of this freedom that people had to you know to not have everything be under a microscope all the time and not be you know and like corporations not be too afraid to like just let them do whatever the fuck they want and like i imagine like the paperwork for consent in jackass 4 was hundreds of pages long and i bet in jackass 2 it was a handshake i really really truly fundamentally <laughs> that. i'm not i'm not joking um i think the culture has changed you know in a way that is somewhat positive because i want people to consent and stuff but also like the culture changed in a way that's really negative where everything feels very sanitized and very fake and that kind of relationship you get from taking things too far and being too mean to your friends, that's gone forever. And I don't think Jack has forehead any of that. Little moments of that with the bear sequence, but I I don't know. There's something about it that felt like this was signed off on. It was just not – it just didn't feel as – it had the same stakes in the brutality of Jack has too. Like I said, Bam Margera having enough and like almost crying in the parking lot, falling in the hole, I felt like him at the end of the movie. And with Jack has four, it was like, that was a good movie. I had fun. So, uh, I, I actually watched a video about that, uh, yeah. that scene that you're talking about, the Ben Marger. Um, yeah. and that was a, <clears throat> that was a day on Jackass 2 where he, they were in New Orleans and he had gone out the night before and gotten completely wasted, got yeah, no sleep. <laughs> yeah, he got no sleep. Dread. <laughs> and, and so then he did, there were like three stunts that he did that day one of them was the snake scene which he's like deathly afraid of snakes uh and then there were like two others that i don't think made the movie and then oh wow it was like so it that that scene where at the very end of the movie where he's just like i just want to go home like that was the end of the day where he's like extremely hungover and has That's gone awesome. through like the worst stunts and then he just falls in that hole <laughs> Which is hilarious. Him, but, but I also yeah. felt bad for him. And I think, like, Jeff, we got to we acknowledge this. Jeff Tremaine's a great storyteller. He really is, a like, a terrific film director and a really, really good writer to a lot of degree. Uh, because I thought that Jackass 2 and this one, they were, a, they were a, a cinematic experience, and I felt a certain way about them. I just feel differently about the two movies. And they come from two different eras. But he is so good at crafting a narrative 
um, from a bunch of guys yeah. fucking around where I feel like, I don't know how you felt about Jackass 2, but it opens with that bull run sequence and the slow-mo and it introduces them all. And I was laughing and chuckling. I had a real high, like a real high kind of energy to it. And then by the end of it, I was like laughed out and it was too brutal. It was kind of brutal. And I felt complete. And with Jackass forever, I didn't quite feel the same way. I had a, it had, it was a lower pace all around. It was a little bit more tame. But at the end of it, I felt like it was acknowledging a new era and passing the torch. And it was just a different movie. I just think that I dis- I guess I disagree with the part where, like, we call it a rehash. And I got to rewatch that scene now with Pontius and uh, the girl who I keep calling her the girl because I don't have her name in front of me. I'm really sorry. This is a brand new character. Um, hmm. And, like, the only one I remember is Poopsie because his name is Poop. Yeah. Well, admittedly, <laughs> <a child>. uh, <laughs> admittedly she, she does not get many stunts in the movie. No, she doesn't. Yeah. So. So there is that. Um, Do you yeah, know Poopsie just... got his hand bit off? Do you know he got his hand bit by a shark in the promotion for the movie? No. Yeah, yeah. He, they did a Shark Week promotion with Discovery, and he did a snot where he was supposed to jump over a shark, and he landed in the thing, and the shark bit his hand off. Bit part of his hand off. Fucking Like brutal. literally off? Yeah, it bit part of We had it sewed back on, but yeah, it bit like his, his index finger, his pinky finger off. Jesus. Fucking nasty. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah. Um, anyway, that's yeah. it. That's, uh, do you have anything else to add to this? I'm sorry. Uh, no, not, not on this, but real quick on Jeff Tremaine being a good director. Go yeah, uh, yeah, please, please. He did a, an ESPN 30 for 30 called the birth of big air about Max Hoffman, the BMX oh. biker. And Dude, it that. is fucking, fucking phenomenal. <laughs> I forgot all about that. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's he's phenomenal. a good, he's a good director. He's a good filmmaker. He really is. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, I forgot all about that. I forgot what else he's done. It's funny because you and I were talking before the show um, about, like, I didn't like Bad Grandpa very much um, at all. And, like, I feel like a lot of the more, like, scripted, story-driven stuff. I don't know. If, I'm not saying it's not Jeff, Jeff Tremaine's thing, but, like, that felt like it was a little bit outside of his wheelhouse. But he's really good at, like, bringing, a, like, a narrative and emotional element to realism. He's really mm-hmm. fucking good at that. He's... God damn it. He's amazing because he's like the Michael Bay of documentaries. He could fucking make anything and make it killer, but he's decided to make this kind of shit that we all like with people pooping and plunging out beer out of asses, and it's great. (laughs) 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 Michael Bay's like, I want to make robots, and you're like, okay, whatever, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anything else, Brad? I'm sorry I monopolized this. I feel very passionate about Jackass. No. No. I'm good. This is it, guys. This has been the Cinematic Tangent. Thanks for coming along with us on this journey as the show relaunches. If you want to email the show, uh, it's thecinematictangent at gmail.com. I have no social media. If you want to interact with me, that's the place to do it. That's it. Brad, anything else? Nope. All right. I'm Chavin Alston. And I'm Brad the Ritter. We are out. We'll be back, my friends, uh, with episode two sooner rather than later. Goodbye. <laughs>